Our scripture this morning is found in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 19, verses 28 through 40. After he had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. When he had come near Bethphage and Bethany, at the place called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of the disciples, saying, Go into the village ahead of you, and as you enter in, you will find there a colt that has been ridden, has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it, bring it here. If anyone asks you, what, why are you untying it? Just say this, the Lord needs it. So those who were sent departed and found it as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They said, The Lord needs it. Then they brought it to Jesus, and after throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. As he rode along, people kept spreading their cloaks on the road. And he was now approaching the path down from the Mount of Olives. The whole multitude of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the deeds of power that they had seen, saying, Hosanna. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, order your disciples to stop. He answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the stones would shout out. The word of God for the people of God. May the words of my mouth, the thoughts in our minds, and the emotions in our hearts, all that we have brought to you today in worship, and all that we're holding outside of worship, that all of it today might be captured by your spirit, confirmed and blessed by the power of your holy name, that everything today would be according to your purpose in the name of Christ. Amen. Two weeks ago, I was cleaning out one of those drawers I hope everyone else has in their house. You know, the kind you can't open anymore. So I'd gone to get a screwdriver to hold down the stuff that was in there so I could get the drawer open. And I was going through all the things that were in the drawer so that we could actually use it and Of course, that immediately launches you into a wonderful scavenger hunt of delight. I found all kinds of knickknacks and things I'd seen from the kids uh, from years back. I I found some of the uh, items we had when we used to have a little dog, and we had little tape we had to use on its ankle one day, and all kinds of things. And I was sorting through a bunch of the papers real fast and realized that most of them could be discarded until I found this. And I opened it up, and it says, Certificate of Baptism for Richard Lee Dake. 
And I looked at this baptismal certificate. The first thing I noticed was that the year of my birth, which is recorded here, is wrong. Not just because I want it to be wrong, but because I know my actual birth date, and someone had mistakenly put down 1956 instead of 1955. And I know it's wrong because the date of the baptism precedes the date of my birth. (laughs) It was a good church, but I don't think they were quite that effective. (laughs) And I look at this card and I'm taken back. Taken back to a Sunday morning in the Montrose Methodist Church. We're gathered around was the congregation that had shown up that day. I'm almost certain there was likely a choir. And at some point, Clyde Smith, the pastor, invited Ralph and Audrey to come forward. They came forward to the baptismal font. He stood on one side, and they stood on the other. And he asked them some vows of faith. What did they believe? What did they trust in? What were they willing to turn over the thing they loved most to? At some point, Clyde Smith took me in his arms. And he looked at my parents And he asked them, by what name shall this child be baptized? They said, Richard Lee. And he reached down. And he took the water. And he initiated me into the Christian faith. Waters of grace poured over my head. And I was committed to God. This past Wednesday was the 59th anniversary of my baptism. It's a critical day in my life. It is one of the most important days of my existence. And from that, the next steps all brought me to this moment right here. It's a powerful moment in Scripture. He had spent his time teaching and demonstrating the power of God's love. He had pulled together a ragtag group of wannabe disciples and followers and curious onlookers. And he said, come walk with me. And they did. And they wondered about him. And then they realized that something had changed in his whole demeanor. Something changed in the way he talked, in his focus. And it became clear to them by what he said that he was not going specifically to Jerusalem. He even bothered to try to tell them what was going to happen when he got there. But they wouldn't believe. They couldn't, maybe. 
And when they got close, much like we try to organize worship and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, he said, would you go get me a, something to ride on? I found a donkey. So here comes Jesus riding on a donkey into the holy city. And those who bothered to take time to notice got caught up in some excitement. He was sort of a celebrity. Some people saw him as more, some less. But they were all there excited, and they grabbed whatever they could, so they grabbed some palm branches, you know, pom-poms, and began to wave them. And they shouted, Hosanna! Some of them just because it was fun to do, and some because they really wanted to be saved from all manner of things. And he rides in amidst a crowd waving palms and shouting Hosanna, knowing full well that he was coming to save them, but in a manner they could not understand. And that most of them, before the week was out, would be shouting something very different and taking joy in his death. Can you imagine what it felt like for him on that day? Fully aware. It's a critical day for him. It was a critical day for them and for us, but they didn't understand it. Most of us coming to this morning fairly clueless about it. But it wasn't just the riding of the donkey that made it a big day. It was the next steps. The ones that would take him to walk around the temple and preach and teach in ways that would offend a few people, to take him to an upper room where he would gather with those who were the closest to him and in that moment find his most powerful moment of being betrayed by someone who loved him so much and by giving to the world the most amazing gift we've ever received. And then steps to the garden, to the cross and to his death. It's Holy Week. And those next steps made all the difference. He was fully committed on Palm Sunday, but it's what he did with that commitment that matters. We just brought in new members. Vern and Jennifer represent a class which is coming in right now, and a good number of them are joining at the 11 o'clock service and some later in Sundays to come. But they come forward today to represent themselves and those who are coming to us who are seeking a place to be their faith community. And we've had a privilege to sit with them in the class and talk about what it means to be United Methodist and what's unique about Clarkson United Methodist Church and most importantly to hear about their life story. And I want to tell you why this moment just now makes a difference People are coming to us because they want their life blessed by a power that they yearn for and have started to see in this place. And spending time with those new members brought me to tears more than a couple times as I heard their life story. I'm so glad you two are here. The way you've already jumped into the waters and embraced us. And we've been kidding with you, Vern, a little bit. 
Vern comes to us as a lifelong Presbyterian, 50-some years. I'll leave it there. I know it's up. I'm just trying to be nice. I know it's higher. We're, we're going to leave it there. It's great. We're Methodists. We're filled with grace. We're good. We're good. Well, that matters. That matters. I've been teasing him about it, but it matters. Because you don't give up something you've been doing your whole life unless you're sure it's the right thing. And I pray, God, we'd never let you think it was the wrong thing, Vern. We're glad you're here. Because I think we've been drawn together. There are others in that class who are joining, who are coming without really any background in church. They don't know much about church. They haven't taught much about Bible, and they don't know a lot about being taught how to pray and what it is to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. But they've come in this room, and they've been overwhelmed by the power and the emotions and experience, and they said, I want to have that in my life. And they're coming here because they're hoping that you will be a community that will welcome them, embrace them, express to them practically biblical hospitality, to make them disciples of Christ, and let them come to know the love of Jesus they see in you. Some are coming to this class because they know the days in front of them are filled with challenge and uncertainty. And they want a faith community that will walk with them. They want to worship a God who will not abandon them in their time of need. And they're taking precious hours out of what else they could be doing to be here. Today, the vows that are given are not casual. They mean everything. The ones they take and the ones we commit to, they define who we are. They set the course of our life from this point on. They remind us of where we have been, but even more, they point to where we are going. They are moments of commitment, and they are critical. And the next steps we take after we say those vows make all the difference. You had to move these to sit down today. That was not by mistake. You understand that, right? These are commitment cards. That's what they're called. These cards are commitments to your capital campaign that you have asked us to do, and we've done as faithfully as we can today's Commitment Sunday. Not everybody's going to bring a card forward, and I understand that. Some of you have already turned in cards. Some of you are still praying and thinking. Some of you aren't able to and can't and won't, and all that's okay. Because what the only thing that matters is, is you've prayed the prayer to get to where you are. Lord, what do you want to do through me? And wherever that takes you is where it has to be. But as Bob said... I've come to understand this is a whole lot more than just a commitment card of a building. It's about answering that prayer, Lord, what do you want to do through me? So yesterday, I'm here in the morning. I opened up the church for the prayer vigil that was going on, started Friday night. Opened up the building, and a few folks came in and were praying in the sanctuary, and I went down to the end of the church to do something, and I came back through the hallway, and I ran into her. She was standing in front of the one of the billboards down, or, you know, what I'm talking about, bulletin boards down here in the hallway. And, okay, you know me. If you know me, I'm not great with names. You, you know that, right? Please know that. Please know that. You know, I know, you know. I mean, I, I have people in my house remind me of their names. That's what I'm talking about, names. 
But for some reason, God said I could say, hi, Jody, and I did. <laughs> and I was right. <laughs> she hasn't been coming here long. And I told her in about three weeks, I could see her again, not remember her name, but please don't take it personally. And she said she understood. I hope she does. She turned to me. We never really had a chance to talk before. She's new to this place. And she was excited about that card. She said, because I used to go to a church where we did this, and it was there that I understood this has nothing to do with about money or building. It has to do with whether you're going to let go and let God. And when I came here, you guys gave me the chance to remember that again. This is about letting God be God in my life. And I just want to thank you. It's Commitment Sunday. And it's about the card, but it's about a whole lot more than a card. And I do pray for conversion. And I do pray for your commitment with whatever God has led you to do that. That's what matters. So today, we want to invite you to come forward. Every one of you to come forward. Because up here, we're going to be standing. Several of us are going to have a small bowl of water in our hands. And you're going to come up to one of us, and we're going to help you remember your baptism and give thanks. We don't have enough to pour it all over you, so we're just going to get you a little damp. And take you back to remember when someone else got you wet in the name of Jesus. And remember and recommit to your baptism. Some of you aren't baptized. But we want to make sure that you receive a blessing. So Pastor Laura, who's standing up right now so they all know who you are. Reverend Laura is going to be up here. And you're going to go to her and she's going to place a blessing upon you. She's just going to pray with you for just a second just to give you a blessing of Christ. We'll have the box sitting right here for those of you who want to put commitment cards in to put them in there. Remember your baptism. Receive a blessing. Place your commitment cards. What matters most are your next steps. Your next steps from this moment. Wherever you come up here, I want you to come. In the name of Jesus, I implore you to come forward and take your next steps to come and be drawn close to him. Whatever your commitments you make up here to remember your baptism, to receive a blessing, to put in a commitment card, that isn't the end. It's the next steps after that. And know that the Christ who on this Sunday went into Jerusalem, committed and chose to live a life of commitment, did it so you and I can have this chance. Come and be the committed. Come and live committed. Come and be blessed and be the church. For Christ has made it possible for us to do so. To God be the glory.